0: SAFM Sports Rap.
1: Well, I don't do it often, but certainly that was uh, accurate from the SACR. So thank you very much. Team back again uh, tomorrow, which starts the uh, six o'clock news. Indeed, I was doing a little dance in the studio, always excited about getting on air. And uh, talking about sport, how uh, great it is to uh, chat sport. We're going to be talking a great deal of sport today with uh, one man in particular who is going to be in the studio. It's motorsport. If you like motorsports and motor racing, you would like to talk about speed and bikes, well, stick around because we've got a special guest in the studio in uh, just a bit. Plenty to get through, though, in terms of uh, sports news. But let's get straight to the main action uh, because golf, Keenan Davids are firing in opening round 63 at the Bushwillow course to lead by a stroke on eight under after the opening round of the Jobogo open a Rand Park Golf Club. Golf correspondent Michael Flismus is watching the action. Michael well, a wonderful
0: performance by Kim and Darvitz. Eight under 63 on that par 71, Bush Willow, well dropped only one shot. And that after, he'd spent four days in hospital, was feeling ill, something that seemed to go through his his whole family, and he was the last to catch it. And uh, came out uh, not expecting too much, but uh, certainly got the best out of uh, his first round. He's one stroke clear of uh, a pretty packed leaderboard, a lot of Europeans chasing him, three South Africans in there as well. Eric van Rijn with uh, a European tour card for the first first season. He got that through uh, the challenge to last season. Oki straight on there as well. And Jared Harvey, all at seven under. The top scores... Scored on the uh, the, the Bushwillow course. The Fire Thorn, the lowest that it yielded today, was Oliver Becker and Dean Burmister's round of six under. But a significant round for Keenan David's a significant because he's a member of the Gary Player class of 2017 2018, which is the Sunshine Tours development squad for historically disadvantaged professionals. So uh, there's a lot riding on him doing really, really well in a tournament uh, of this uh, size. He finished seventh in this event last season, so he certainly has affinity for the Joburg Open. And then uh, the top-ranked player in the field, Dylan Fratelli, after Louis Westezen had to pull out Fratelli at world number 55. He's hunting his third European Tour victory this season. He opened with a round of one under.
1: Thank you very much. Michael Flizmus, watching all the action. You can catch updates with Michael Flizmus uh, throughout the four days of competition. Meanwhile, US Masters champion Sergio Garcia was named European Tour's Golfer of the Year for the first time. The Caps an excellent year in which he also won the Dubai Classic and the Andalusia Valderrama Masters. Football news Brazilian forward Dromarinho scored to hand uh, Al Jazeera 1 0 victory over Auckland City in the opening match of the FIFA Club World Cup UAE 2017 in Al Ain. The Emirati champions goalkeeper and captain Ali Khiseef was named man of the match as he made seven saves to deny the New Zealanders, Al Jazeera next face Asian champions, Urawa Reds on Saturday. Meanwhile, tonight's Europa League fixtures include Rijeka taking on Milan, Villarreal against Maccabi Tel Aviv, Atlanta taking on Olympic Lyonnais, uh, Apollon face Everton, Vitesse host Nice, Zoria host Athletic Bilbao, Zenit visit Real Sociedad, Zoltiwarachim are uh, hosting Lazio, Bate visit Arsenal and Olympique Marseille uh, host Salzburg. Staying with football, Cristiano Ronaldo will hope to draw level with Lionel Messi by winning his fifth Ballon the prestigious individual award presented to the world's best men's player the winner of the 2017 Ballon d'Or will be announced at around a quarter to nine Central African time and presented by former France star David Ginola on the top level of the Eiffel Tower. And just finally in some rugby news I can tell you the Curry Cup Premier Division looks set to be shortened for the 2018 season SA Rugby will reportedly hold a General Council meeting tomorrow to ratify the shortened version that will still feature seven teams but will be played as a single round format. In 2017 the the seven participating teams played a double round of fixtures, playing each other on a home and away basis. But the competition was somewhat soured when the start overlapped with Super Rugby playoffs, forcing the Lions and Sharks to field weakened teams. And the Free State cheeses forced to play a large part of the event with a second string outfit owing to their Pro 14 commitments. That's your sports news.
0: You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game.
1: SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Let's talk a little bit of motor racing now. Something completely different, in fact. We haven't. Uh, we don't often talk uh, bikes on SFM, but I'm delighted to say that we have uh, a special guest in studio, a man who's returned to South Africa following uh, another successful season of the British Supersport Series uh, racing in England, two races for uh, Everquip uh, team in, in, uh, in Britain. I'm delighted to welcome in studio Bjorn Esmond, whose voice you would have heard previously chatting about all things motor racing and indeed uh, sometimes giving us updates on feelings on MotoGP. Bjorn, it's great to have you in studio. Thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, thanks, Wayne. Great to be here. Happy to be back. Uh, great to
1: be back. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I'm sure it's great to be back home. You must be enjoying your time here rather than England, which is
2: uh, a little less than friendly weather-wise at the moment. Yeah, well, I was looking forward to getting back to some summer sunshine, but uh, so far <laughs> it hasn't really turned out to be that way, so I'm not sure if I brought the weather back with me, but... Uh yeah, look, happy to be back home and and see, I've been here for a couple of days now. Seen some friends and family, and yeah, feeling feeling good. Now, uh, before before we get to, too
1: far into it, because there's there's so many aspects I'd like to talk about the the, the Super Series and indeed uh, bike racing in, in, uh, overall. But where does British Supersport Series fit into the the racing system?
2: Yeah, I think you've got uh, obviously MotoGP GP is the pinnacle. Uh, mm-hmm. That's at the top. Um, then World Superbikes comes comes second, and British Superbikes is probably third. It's um, it's kind of like the English Premier League if you like it's the best domestic series in the in 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 the world um which attracts a lot of international competition. And most people make their way from there onto the onto the two higher disciplines. Well, that's it. I mean, uh, when when you
1: look at the contenders, it's 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 not like it's uh, someone from Liverpool and somebody from Portsmouth taking on somebody from Dorchester. It's it's a genuine international field, and people trying to step up to that uh, that higher tier. That ultimately must be the intention for for you. I mean, the the end game must be. Do you, do you want to go super bikes rather, or where, where, where are you planning on, on finishing up?
2: Yeah, look, it's an extremely competitive series there, and as I said, as you've mentioned, it is international. I think in 2017, I think they had 17 different nationalities across the classes. Um, Superbike and supersport being the premier classes, I think had at least seven different nationalities competing. So yeah, it's fully loaded, and uh, for me, Superbike is probably the the end goal. I think it's it's the right decision is a clever decision for me as a, as a enjoying my racing and financially um, so that's where I think I'd like to end up and, and just enjoy the time I've got left to to compete What bikes do you race on at the moment in the uh, Supersport Series? I race now on a Yamaha R6 so it's a standard going R6 that anybody can buy in the, from Yamaha South Africa um, but obviously once we get it we pull it apart and it's, it's pretty highly modified from there, it's, it's, there's not much that remains standard except for the the frame and the wheels, et cetera. So just on the point of the bikes, though, uh,
1: is there not plans to phase in, is it motor three or motor two bikes to, to the uh, British Sup- super Sport series? Yes, right it's, here?
2: It's, it is motor two. Uh, the reason behind that is that the manufacturers worldwide for 600s are not really producing the bikes anymore because they uh, just because of tax and, and emission laws over Europe side. So yeah, there was a bit of a concern as to whether the class would actually be, there would be bikes on the grid. But uh, safely, oh, thankfully, Yamaha came along and developed their new 600. There's talk of Kawasaki that are bringing their one out. So, Supersport will stay for the next two years. But definitely, England as a leading uh, series are looking at the um, the prolonged, you know, st- stabilisation of the series, and Moto 2 will will come into effect next season. Now, of course, when it comes to Moto
1: Two, everybody thinks of uh, of uh, Brad Binder. I mean, the Binder brothers are doing great things on the international stage as well. I know uh, Steve Woodendahl is doing some good things. Um, Sheridan Marias as well as his uh, racing Superbike series. I mean, uh, how do you rate the South Africans performing at the moment on the on the international stage? Uh, I suppose Brad Binder being being chief among them.
2: Yeah, Brad Brad Binder is definitely the chief. I mean, he's world champion last year, so he's he's really put us back on the map. Uh, Well done, Tim. He's a fantastic kid. He's a great guy and a great ambassador for South Africa, so I think we're all very proud of him. His brother's also extremely talented. Darren, I'm sure will ruffle some feathers next year. He's got a great ride. As you said, Steven won a Spanish championship, so he's not doing badly. Sheridan, been around forever, and he does the business every time, winning races and taking it, fighting for the world championship to the end this year, actually. Uh, And also Matthew Skoltz, who competes in America. Mm. He's also American champion uh, this year, Superstock 1000, so yeah, the guys are doing great, great, great job and I think that South Africa has a level very high. I think that we are small, it's a small uh, sport if you like in South Africa, it's nowhere near sort of uh, football, rugby or cricket but for some reason the guys seem to have a talent and, and whoever, the, when we venture overseas we tend to do well so... Pressure's on for me now to bring back a championship battle. <laughs>
1: yeah. A, a, well, at least it's a beacon for you to aim at, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, if you want. But I mean, you've you, you, you got that, uh, I mean, you're edging closer to it, certainly. But I, I also got a sense, though, that when, I remember in the, in the days of Pakisa and, and, and Kyle there we, we've had some high-profile races here. I mean, Valentino Rossi, among many others, were, was in South Africa a decade or two ago uh, racing. Uh, unfortunately, it's, it's it's not around at the moment. Do you think you, we need to make the effort to, to get racing on some level,
2: at least, back in South Africa? I think so. I think, again, I think Brad Binder and his brother will be... they 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 quite crucial in, in getting the racing to come back here because the Grand Prix, they've got two South Africans in the paddock, one being a world champion, as I said, and both of them doing very, very well uh, outside of that. I think it promotes an interest for, for MotoGP as a series to look to come back to South Africa. And I think there is a big following here for it. I mean, South Africans, we all enjoy a bit of, uh, you, know, you know, fast cars and fast bikes. It, it, it's not a headline sport, but I think we all enjoy it. So I think if uh, with the right advertising and the right promotion, I think it, it could be a good thing. And obviously, Kyle Army having its having its revamp, place is looking amazing. Why not?
1: Yeah, I, think, I would love to see bikes back at uh, Kyle Army, to be fair. But let's talk about you for a moment. I mean, uh, how did you actually get into, into racing? I mean, when, when did you take the step from it being maybe uh, an interest or a hobby to it being a profession?
2: Yeah, I think it was always an interest. Um, my family goes back a couple of generations of racing and stuff like that. My dad was was pretty good. My uncle was very good. And, um, you know, he did, I think, I, I can't remember it's three or four Grand Prix, so he got to the highest level. Um, so, yeah, it was always there. Uh, as a kid, I sort of grew up playing rugby and cricket, as you do. But sort of in my teenage years, I decided that's it. I've always wanted to race bikes, and I got stuck in. So couple of years uh, earning my stripes and then i eventually landed a, a ride with yamaha support from yamaha south africa and from there it was uh, i never looked back i ended up going over to england to progress and i've stayed there for five years now uh pushing and trying to make uh, make well win a championship and, and make something of it and now 2017 it, it realized into a proper profession for the first time i called myself a professional as a i earned a living and now i can say i'm earning a living from racing my motorbike which is uh, i'm very proud of that to be honest so, so how did you
1: actually come to the attention then of ever racing
2: well i actually met the boss in a park at a bike event so it was just <laughs> <laughs> it was a complete it was a, comp- a complete fluke that uh, uh I, we just bumped into each other and they had helped me a little bit uh, the year before and it was the first time i met the 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 director and um we just we got on like a house on fire and we formed a team and, and the rest is history. So now we, we're going racing for our second year in, in 2018, which I'm thrilled.
1: I, I'm looking forward to that as well. But I I must say, the first time I heard that you were racing in British uh, Supersport Series, I thought, uh, okay, in, in my eyes, Britain is in many ways synonymous with wet weather. And uh, when you think of wet weather, you don't think about racing bikes around because it's not the most comfortable conditions. I mean, I've raced cars enough to know that, uh, you know, wet conditions, racing is, is not ideal in cars. Bikes... I would imagine the dynamics is, are completely more challenging but how many races do you actually spend racing in wet
2: weather conditions taking on slippery tracks yeah it, it's funny like you england is of course it's, it's known for its weather not being the best and uh for example in 2016 we had one wet race out of 24 races wow. which, is, which is kind of unheard of this year we had a bit more of a normal season where we had i think six or seven wet races mm-hmm. through the year so became a bit more you know consistent and yeah look it's incredible these days the technology the tires and stuff like that, and the grip that we actually have um obviously stay away from any of the white painted lines or the yeah because that's where it gets don't ready. break on the epoxy yeah that's <laughs> where it gets a bit slippery a bit sketchy but uh yeah the technology with the tires and, and the bikes is just so good these days that you know we full-on uh, knee down and i think our lap times are only some, it's only something ridiculous like six and a half seconds off for off dry time in the wet oh, on wow. average so it's it's incredible how, how close we can get actually when you okay you talk about six odd wet races but
1: i mean when you combine testing to practicing to qualifying to actual
2: racing how much time do you spend on a bike over the course of of a year a lot. I mean, if we're not racing then I like to be on a bike training. Yeah, you probably Practice. relax on yeah. a motocross yeah, yeah, bike or yeah. something, yeah. Eh? Well if <laughs> I could have a lounge feet that look like a motorbike, I'd probably do that as well. But yeah, no, um, yeah, we, we I spend a lot of time on, on, on the bike, so it's uh, you know, the more saddle time the better. It's the best form of training and, and the best, best best way to keep your iron and, and progress and just keep getting better.
1: Yeah, I suppose you need that, uh, that time as well. And
2: people talk about uh, car fitness, they talk about flight fitness, they talk about bike fitness. All, all
1: these um, different races, I suppose, because the, the forces on your body are quite extreme. I mean, I, I, I know the adjustment to, to racing cars and the, the G-forces involved. You no know, pilots talk about it, astronauts train for it, bike riders must do too because there are so many forces on the body. It's not something you can train in a gym. How do you prepare yourself for that and, and get yourself used to it?
2: That's just it, you know, you co- there's no exercises that you can do other than riding a motorbike to mimic riding a motorbike. You've got to be on a bike to get those forces, that, as you, as you mentioned, to go through and to get comfortable. So, yes, of course, we all train hard and we we do a lot of cardio, not so many weights because obviously you want to be as light as possible and everything. So I think uh, just stamina and fitness is, is key, but, um, yeah... Uh, to be bike fit, you've got to ride motorbikes, and and, and motocross is often looked at because it's the most physical. Mm. Often looked at as the best form of training for any bike rider, because you and you've got to concentrate obviously all the time because you're obviously the terrain is not not consistent, and it it just keeps your uh, you've got to be focused, and and focus is also one of our major, uh, you know attributes that we have to have in our locker
1: yeah I wanted to ask you about that because from a from a physical perspective it's obviously very demanding in in many ways that are different to to gym training or a, a lot of other sports but mentally it's it's similar where you require that focus because the slightest change in, in any uh, situation could could end up being not only hazardous to uh, hazardous to yourself but indeed to to riders around you
2: yeah there's a lot going on you know when we race and there's a lot going on and um yeah mentally mentally fit is is it's so important and i must say just me personally at the end of a weekend yeah my body i'm a little bit tired cool but it's more my head i'm so tired like drained i feel drained coming out of a weekend because you've just put so much concentration in and and and, and so much thought and and obviously there's also the adrenaline that goes with it and it all takes away so got to have a strong mind uh i know a lot of us uh speak to sports uh therapists or psych- sports psychiatrists to help us deal with all the pressure and stuff and yeah so uh yeah your head is uh, arguably the strongest tool a lot of people a lot of the great riders will always say the most important thing is your is your mental strength
1: yeah, you you need to get that uh, mental strength right. It's it's about being in the here and now. I hear a lot of the uh, sports psychologists talking about trying to get their athletes to focus on the here and now, and it's it's amazing to see the progress that's made by genuinely competitive athletes. Take that step up when when the, when when the head clicks, I suppose. But motorsport is obviously a particularly expensive endeavor. It's something that uh, that you need to spend uh, a lot of time and commercially, how is motorsport at the moment worldwide and, and, and how is how commercially valuable is the British sports
2: Series? I think that in you know worldwide I'm not quite sure but I think that in England in, in Britain where I race there's a there's a there's a massive massive following behind the series and behind the sport uh, the Brits tend to love motorsport like it yes, is a massive massive interest countrywide and um, yeah I think that there's definitely return on investment there for those companies. That's why they do it. And that's why they've been able to build the series to something as strong as it is. Um, and and as, as you mentioned, finance plays a massive role in motorsports. It's not a cheap uh, profession or hobby or interest, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and the, the support of sponsors like Everquip for me are crucial. Because without them, it's, it's not really possible. But I think that, uh, yeah, it's definitely coming, ba- coming back to something a bit more prominent. I th- think with the whole, with the credit crunch that happened a couple of years back, motorsport was one of the places that took one of the biggest knocks. Um, but now, generally across the board, with the likes of Formula One and, and GP being so uh, exciting of late, it, it, helps, it, it filters down all the way through and, and helps us all promote the, promote the industry and the sport better and, and attracts interest from potential investors. Worldwide,
1: SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. If you're just tuning in, we're chatting to British Super Sports Series uh, racer from uh, Team Everquip Racing, Bjorn Estmitt, South African born but racing in uh, the United Kingdom. Um, Bjorn, do you have any desires to race off the track? Do you, do you want to take on a, a different race, like the the Isle of Man TT, for example?
2: Uh I I did I did have the interest at one point, but. Um, it was very early on probably three or four years ago not anymore I think that I've realized that my place is on the track and the way I ride a bike is Mm -hmm. suited to a track where you've got you can make a mistake you know we're pushing hard all the time and sometimes pushing to the limit sometimes past and you know those races they're very unforgiving you can't really make a mistake uh, on those road races if you like and for me I think it's just the the clever option is to stay on the racetrack with something I know something I've grown up on Rather than take on a new challenge, and potentially, you know, have something go wrong. Yeah, I mean, I suppose coming from a family that has
1: that 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 has a background in motor racing, there there is an element where you you you've, you haven't grown up with a fear of bikes. So I mean, you have a fearless element about you, undoubtedly, uh, to get to get into the sport at the moment. Is, is that actually sort of counted in your favour uh, over the years? The fact that you, I, I can't see you as being somebody who's, who's fearful of getting on a bike and 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 not. Uh, or at least having an understanding of the potential hazards of of the sport you're in.
2: Yeah, look, I think we all are re- we all aware of the risks, but I think it's like you say, if you can sort of put that aside and and carry on enjoying that, that that's what makes the difference between a really really fast rider or a, a, a rider that wants to make mm-hmm. it a profession and someone who just enjoys doing it. Uh, you know, we know what the dangers, we know what uh, what could and can't go wrong, but uh, as I put that aside and I go and race as hard as I can and. With as much aggression as and as much uh, also clever cleverness, or you know, sorry, lack of a word there, but you know, try to be as clever as I can on the bike, uh, and that's that. So yeah, anybody who tells you they don't have any fear, that's that's a lie, I think. But um, I think in a weird way, the fear is also what motivates us a little bit. You know, you use it, you, you channel it, and 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 it creates adrenaline and so on, and. That's where we get that little extra extra edge. Have
1: you found in particular, and I want to go back to, to racing in, in Britain here specifically, because uh, Guy Martin has become quite a popular TV presenter now as well, as, as, in addition to being somebody who's, who's big on races. Uh, and I've noticed that around the world, his programs have been broadcast, whether it's on speed or on, on, on racing, or doing sometimes fanciful and silly things on on weird little contraptions all all over the world. But what he has done is he's given us greater insights into to people that race and how you take on a potentially lethal sport um, in in a way that is illuminated to the the whole world. The sort of mindset of of, of riders. Do you, do you look at guy and do you look at what he's done and uh, is it something that is appreciated by the the riders around that it's sort of opened motorsport up further to audiences
2: yeah look guy martin um i've met him once or twice along along my journey but he's the kind of guy where you either love him or you hate him that's really (laughs) that's really who he is um you know he's got many many fans worldwide as well probably but especially in the uk and he's also got many many not well, haters, if you like, they don't—they're not the biggest fans of 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 Guy and, and his antics and stuff. But one thing's for sure is he puts bikes on the map. Yeah, he is a personality. He's a massive TV personality, and and probably he's got a bit of celebrity status, really, in in, in the UK and and again possibly worldwide. And uh, he 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 does what's good for the sports. He promotes us, and that, that you can't knock him for. But uh, his his views and his opinions, those are <laughs> yeah, those are pretty unique. So I mean, as I say. Take it with a pinch of salt. Uh, you either like it or you don't. And but yeah, you know, guy, he, he, he's. Um, I think he's he's done he's done the right thing. He's he's made a living out of something that he loves. And how can you knock him for that?
1: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, again, he's somebody who I think it was last year had a had a horrendous accident that, uh, that nearly cost him his his uh, his life. And again, it was the, the reality. Of, of the dangers of the sport. I don't want to harp on about it, but I mean, it is when you are in motor racing, when you are in boxing, there's there's dangers that you're not going to encounter in a sport like table tennis, for example.
2: No, yeah, exactly not. Uh, there are, and, and you won't uh, get in table tennis. But I mean, you know, for me, I think all of us as, uh, as speakers, riders, and, and maybe other sports as well, if, you know, you're generally a uh, an exciting or a person that looks for a lot of excitement mm. in, in life. You know, you want to do things like bungee jumping. You want to, take little risks and calculated risks and stuff all the time and for me that's I mean I'd always, I, I refer to myself as just a regular daredevil, I like to take a risk, whether it be jumping off a cliff or you know, into the into Hartie's Dam or going and skiing with my friend and pulling a stunt, whatever it may be we, we try and push the boundaries just because you, you just get that little bit extra excitement and I think that's what all definitely bike riders and, and extreme sports if you like all the athletes are capable of and Probably other sports as well, because you know, you have also got to be brave to go into a scrum and, and look at a, a prop yeah. that's the size of a house on the other side, of the, standing in front of you. Say, so, oh, yeah. um, I just think that the as for the the daredevil thing, it's just a trait that most of us probably possess naturally, and uh, the danger comes second yeah uh,
1: although i do, I do get uh, that sense of excitement i I've many times jumped off a cliff or jumped off a bridge and stood on the edge of a uh, of a volcano while there with the uh, lava bubbling underneath which i think is one of the great experiences of the world You've yeah got, that sounds meant <laughs> you you have got to go and do that uh and I, i'm not i'm not trying to sell it to you but if you if you like adventure sports i would highly recommend it but let's talk briefly about you for 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 a little bit i mean do you have a a favorite track? I mean, are you somebody who enjoys thrashing around Brands Hatch or Donington
2: or something? Yeah, uh, Brands Hatch is, is in, in the UK is probably my favorite. It's also the first track that I ever raced at there and, and got a really great result in England. So it sort of became home mentally. It was uh, like my home track because I felt confident every time I went there. And it's always been pretty good to me. I took my first double win there in 2015. And, you know, I've always just, it's been a happy hunting ground. Uh worldwide, Kyle Army is a close, close place to my heart. I mean, I've, it, I just, I love it. I love the the old Kyle Army, the new Kyle Army, whatever. It's just, for me, I'd love to one day get to race there in a world championship race if the opportunity presents itself. Um, and other than that, there's some fantastic circuits around the world. Uh, yes, I could go on forever, but Mugello in Italy, mm. probably one of the more spectacular circuits. And I've been lucky enough to go there and watch uh, Valentino, compete so yeah those three are, are probably my my top three oh,
1: so i take it valentino rossi is your man yeah rossi fan through and through uh, the doctor is in here yeah. we go okay nothing wrong with that uh of course uh, we talk about nicknames of, of
2: riders is something that's 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 common certainly a motor gp do you have a nickname no not yet i've had a few over the years but nothing really has stuck so i'll 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 keep the other ones off air for now okay okay so yeah. <laughs> a couple that, that might be repeated in the pit yeah. lane maybe, maybe maybe, not affectionate here affectionate terms if you like <laughs> okay okay we'll say that
1: but now look this is this is off season for you uh, off season is generally not very long though in, in professional sport but what, do, what do you give yourself an opportunity to do while uh, while you're not actively competing testing qualifying or racing
2: yeah look I'm, I'm so happy to be home and, and it is my off season so I get to see my family and my friends which I don't get to see through the year as I spend probably nine months away. Um, so yeah, that for me, the first priority is to get home, see the family, see my friends, and just uh, you know, a bit of local is lacquer. Just just be back in South Africa and, and enjoy myself. So I spend a lot of time, uh, so or some time out at, out at, out at Harties. I, I love my water sports and stuff. I like that, skiing and wakeboarding, but the dam's not looking so great at the moment. Yeah. So uh, But yeah, down to Cape Town as well. I enjoy Cape Town. Um just to get away, I just enjoy the city and, and and the and the vibe, but yeah, it's just a normal South African uh, South African guy, bry beer, pool, and you know just uh, enjoy enjoy the moment while, while we can. And it's t- it's a two month off off season for me, so whilst just maintaining training and, and as as much riding and sort of motocross and supermoto I can do, just chill out really.
1: But then the real love comes back when you're racing. What, what's the best part about racing for you?
2: For me, the best part would have to be... There's two things. The 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 best part consistently, uh, race in, race out, is the start. When those lights go uh. on and when they're about to go off, there's no feeling like that. It doesn't matter. It's just absolute sort of absolute focus and tunnel vision. It's weird. It's the weirdest feeling no matter how many times you've done it. I, but I love it. That's just a rush. And then also... It's got to be like a a good, good last lap battle. Like when you really are with a a rival that you respect uh, and and you're just pulling moves and and, and making passes that probably shouldn't happen and and just really pushing the envelope. That is uh, quite thrilling.
1: And uh, enjoyable. It's always thrilling to watch. I love watching it. I love uh, hearing about it as well. And it's clear that you love uh, racing in, in in a way that, uh, that 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 a professional should. Uh, but Bjorn Esmond, it's it's been great chatting to you. And I think uh, it, it's fair to say that you you're a great ambassador for the sport of motor racing, and we we really love to to have you back in South Africa but we certainly wish you everything the best in the uh, British Supersport Series next season as well uh, thanks for making time for us and uh, enjoy the rest of your off season
2: thanks Dwayne I really appreciate it our thanks to SAFM and if anybody wants to catch up and follow what I'm doing you can get, uh, get hold of me at, on Twitter at Bjorn Essman 27 and uh, Instagram Bjorn Essman so yeah thanks guys thank you very much SAFM Sports Wrap
1: well, that's where we're going to have to leave it. Uh, but so much to talk about in terms of sport. Unfortunately, time against us uh, tonight. But I'm delighted to say that uh, Lady Mulewa is going to be up after the news of the talk shop. Plenty of interesting things to talk about tonight, including uh, infertility coming up on the show. So that's going to be uh, an intriguing topic of conversation, keeping me company as I uh, travel back home after the show. But my uh, thanks tonight to the team producer, Louis Olam Kulipi, uh, sound engineer, Phineas Santorba, and uh, for me, Dwayne Delocke. It is time for us to say cheers. We are out of here. I can tell you it is seven o'clock. Good night.